And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. Hammer? Hammer? Yeah, we can tell you're hammered. It's pretty obvious. Run back home, little princess. You are no match for the mighty! We're doomed. You're big. Fought bigger. I need a horse! We don't have horses, just dogs, cats, birds. And give me one of those large enough to ride. Welcome to Commentary Monthly Monday for November. I am Chris Honeywell, and this is the Two True Freaks Network, and I am here with my bestest buddy, as always, for our commentary. Well, not always, but for the most part, Scott Gardner. Most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. Every once in a while, one of us will have a special guest or, or something like that, but yeah, it's pretty much our show. <laughs> mine, mine. And the last few months, we've been really lucky to have big genre movies coming out that we can tie in mm-hmm. on commentary monthly monday and this month is no exception um actually this is this is a great tie-in because man i was i was psyched for this movie the movie that we're tying in and the movie mm-hmm. that we're um that that we're watching tonight so definitely definitely do we want to do we want to let them in on what it is? Or well, they probably to... know because it's in the title. Of the, <laughs> yeah, the, it's in the know, title Thor, of the show. <laughs> Thor: The Dark World has come out, which I just like to call Thor Two to make it easier. Yep. And uh, and is out, and pretty much everybody we know has seen it now. So and now you've finally seen it, and yep. And it just seemed like a good time to revisit Thor. Absolutely. I uh, I seriously dig this movie, and it's funny because going into it, I really didn't think I was going to. I I, I really expected mm-hmm. of the Avengers lead up movies. I really thought this was the one that was not gonna, just wasn't gonna do it for me. I don't and know. How it did. I got dragged into the theater for it to tell you the truth because it was one of those ones where I would be like, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD and download it or watch it on Netflix or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember. It was probably just a, a group of people who were like, "Come on, we'll go see Thor." Thor, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I might as well go." And you know, there's always a podcast. I can always talk about it in the podcast. And like you, I was completely pleasantly surprised and drawn into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And even I, more so on the second viewing, which I did just recently in order to prep up for this show. Oh, is that just uh, your second time? That seeing was it? only my second time since seeing it. Wow. So, um, this yeah, is it gets it one, got better on a second viewing for sure. This may be the one I've seen the most times of the Avengers lead up movies because I, I really dig this one. 
I, I, you know, I constantly waffle in which one is my favorite of those because, you know, I have soft spots for, you know, for all of them, really. You know, I mean, you know, Iron Man kicked the whole thing off. I love Iron Man 2. The Incredible Hulk. The Hulk was freaking awesome. Captain America, just the tone of that movie was perfect. But this one just, this one pushes that, like, just wow button in the sense of, you know, it's a spectacle. You know, the the science fiction element and just it's just one of those movies that shouldn't exist like Avengers. It just shouldn't exist because this just isn't something I thought could be delivered to the big screen successfully. And I was just really amazed that it's pulled off so well. I heard a reviewer talking about he was talking about the second Thor movie and he hadn't it was someone who hadn't seen the first Thor movie. But what he said totally applied to the first Thor movie, where he said, you have this character who has godlike powers and can just sort of bowl through anything. And he goes, you know, it's like Superman. It makes for a really hard, hard decisions on what you're going to do to make it entertaining. Because, you know, once this guy gets into play, there's, you know, he's sort of unlimited. So mm-hmm. you add interesting side characters and in the case of Thor 2, you just sort of go wacky with the story. You know, you have all sorts of things converging at once and you make it very visually interesting and 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 crazy with Thor just sort of running around, tying it all together. And that's sort of sort of what this was. They, they got over the that problem in this one by, you know, removing his powers, which we'll get into right. later and, and, in order to make him, you know, a character. But... Um, Boy, it, yeah, it, it sure succeeded in making a successful comic book movie. And upon the second viewing of it, I realized, you know, and I've thought this at the first time, but this is a, a, a pretty limited budget affair. You know, there's some epic stuff in it, but it's like CGI'd, you know. Right. It's, uh, and it's here and it's there. There's a lot of dialogue in this movie and stuff. That you know, actually, I should save that for when we're <laughs> in the middle of all the dialogue and stuff like that. But you have a director who, you know, understands has done Shakespearean movies before. We were talking about this with Mike Bailey in Comics Monthly Monday, mm-hmm. and uh, but at the same time, he's not a stodgy traditionalist, and he's done comedies before, and he's been in comedies, and so he's not going to be like i'm going to take this comic material and bring it up to a shakespeare level he's like i'm going to embrace the comic material and i'm going to embrace the feel of you know i i i can't speak for the feel of thor comics as much as i can for just the feel of comics as a storytelling medium in general and boy, this movie has it. This movie is a comic book movie. See, it's funny to hear you say that, though, because if it weren't for you, I never would have become a Thor fan. I know. Because you were, were buying Simonson Thor off the rack. It was when all we for Walt, kids. man. It was all for Walt because I was a big Walt Simonson fan. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that, the reason I recommended you, those to you is despite. I, I was not. I was you know whatever no interest in thor you know as if he was turned up in a another comic that i was reading okay so be it you know i had more fun with hercules as far as right as, as mythological characters go 
but you know i'll look at walt simonson art all day and was he was he writing for that too was, i do was believe it, so yeah it, so yeah, it, it took on it, it that run had the feel of something different's happening on thor while this team is working mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what i collected and read and once it got beyond that i didn't want to look at it you know when it wasn't walt simonson art anymore so and I couldn't tell you what happened in those those stories. All I know is that it was awesome, and it involved Beta Ray Bill. Mm-hmm. It was awesome, and um, so yeah, I, I have very little, you know, knowledge of it outside of the, you know, the basics. I've read all the secret, you know, origins of superheroes. Uh, that's DC, I know. But you know all the origin stories and stuff, and I was always curious about all the superheroes. But yeah, so I went into this sort of with nothing, you know. Although I did know the whole Donald Blake thing, you know, that they just sort of they joke about in this movie. Well, it's funny because this movie—it <laughs> just really occurred to me. Movie kind of makes me a bit of a hypocrite because you know you know me. Typically, yeah. I'm like, why can't they just do the comics? I think this movie's a great example of you know what? Maybe it's best. Maybe not that was to a good decision. In this yes, yes. I mean, they they basically did Simonson's Thor in a lot of ways. There's a lot of Kirby elements. There's a lot of you know the the traditional stuff in there, but by and large, especially the second movie with the Malekith storyline and all that, and the and the other villain that's in there. Um, you know, very much Simonson's Thor, which is good. They they moved to the era that most everybody's familiar with and that most everybody, you know, appreciates and loves. If they were to go all the way back to the origins of the comic book version of Thor, I don't know <laughs> if we'd be here talking about this. Cause, uh-huh. Man, that's some <laughs> wacky stuff. The art's phenomenal. The stories are fun, but there's no yeah. consistency and they're largely really stupid. And, you know, yeah, and th- I'm saying this as a fan of the character. The origin of Thor in Marvel Comics is one of the lamer superhero origins. It, it really is. I mean, Probably, you know, that was why I never got much further than that. You know, yeah. my reading of it. You know, Gimp walks into a cave, finds a walking stick, turns out Thor's hammer becomes Thor. Eh, we could have had something a little better, I think. <laughs> but. You ready to jump into this thing? I am. Okay, so we are watching the Blu-ray version of Thor from 2011. And when I... We have it, of course, at 0.00, which is (laughs) where everybody should be starting their movie. And I'll do a countdown from three, and when I say go, hit play, and we'll all be watching Thor, and you'll be listening to us talk over Thor... And we won't have to listen to you yell at us when <laughs> you want to comment. So here we go. Three, two, one, go. Dun, dun, dun. Lots of black and quiet at the beginning of this movie. It's so quiet. Those meteors don't even make any noise. Ah, This makes me itch for a Star Trek movie. An actual Star Trek movie. <laughs> we should watch Nemesis sometime. Oh, that should be interesting. Yeah, we should. We should. 
Um, yeah, I've been. Have you heard the the opener for Marvel Comics now? The one that was in front of Thor two. There's actually a little musical thing that somebody was telling me on Facebook. I guess is going to be before all of the new Marvel oh. movies from now on. And I was amazed how much it sounds like the music for the DC animated shorts. I was. It, it sounds a lot like it. As a matter of fact, it kind of surprised me. It's a good little piece of music. But when I heard it, that was the first thing I thought is, whoa, that's the music from the DC animated shorts. Ah, Kat Denning. I find her extremely annoying, but at the same rate, she <laughs> cute. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought that a lot during this movie. Uh, the second movie sort of cured me of that. Yeah. yeah of any attraction to yeah. her. They they could have easily left her out of the second one. Oh, right? yeah. Okay with it, especially since she didn't open her shirt or anything. So None of that, yeah. Mm. Now, what do you think of uh, Natalie Portman in this? I think she does a good job. She's a good actress, and she's actually plausible as a scientist, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think she... I, I, you know, I don't think it's an Oscar-winning performance. I don't think... You know, the only people you need thespianing in this movie are like the Asgardians, mostly, mostly Odin. Odin right. should be the Shakespearean. Ah, da, da. Everybody else should be pretty close to the bone. I was, I, it, I still find it kind of annoying that she has an annoying sidekick who's kind of a caricature, because right. she's a fairly plausible scientist, and uh, he's he's a very good actor. Uh, was Skarsgård or yeah, whatever. Is it? Yeah, I like him a lot. He's, he's he's a very good actor. He's very he's even more plausible in a, as a scientist because he really dials it down. And, and it's funny and right. just the opposite of the second Thor movie too. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, I like that. I like that they have a little preamble at the beginning of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's very. It's more of a trope of modern, you know, the 90s on comics, late right. 90s on comics, but it still feels like like that. It's like, okay, here's... You know, now that you say that, it just occurs to me that in a lot of ways this kind of feels like an 80s movie to me. Yes. Never really occurred to me until you said that, but well, yeah. Be- because because of the... I, I, I think it's a definite throwback to 80s movies. A, the New Mexico mm-hmm. town is very 80s style. The mm-hmm. storyline, and you know, okay, it's got the CGI in it, but the sort of limited special effects. In the eighties, you had to be like, "All right, what are my set pieces going to be in this movie? You know, mm-hmm. what are going to be the big money moments?" And then they had to fill the rest in with their characters, so they had to make good characters. So I think in that respect, this I is a very eighties movie. This opener right here to me was a callback to the very beginning of fellowship of the ring Mm -hmm. and in establishing the fact of, okay, all you guys that liked Lord of the Rings, here you go. This is the tone that we're setting with this. And I totally bought it. I was like, yes, especially this with, you know, scanning through the army like that. Isn't Mm -hmm. there a scene just like that? Oh, sure. There's a lot of scenes. Like, I mean, this reminds me of living in Carthage. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this was waiting for the school bus in Carthage yep, right yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. This is me running for the school bus. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Yep, yep, that's upstate New York. 
yeah. I do like this part, though. I mean, it's it's, cool. it's it's hard to avoid the similarities to Lord of the Rings because it's. I don't think they were trying. Mytho- Santa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Santa Manson. Yeah, I really, I don't think that they were trying at all to avoid those comparisons. I think they wanted those comparisons. Now, I know you're not a fan of Anthony Hopkins. What do you think of him in the in these movies? I'm glad you asked me that because I am not a fan of uh, Anthony Hopkins by any stretch. But I loved him in both of these movies. He chews the scenery good in this. Or yeah, or uh, Odin rather. I think he's fantastic, and I really liked that you got to see him kick a little ass here at the beginning of the movie. Because that helps make up for the fact that it's Odin on the wane for the rest of the movie. Yes, you see so him. That, that That's not him at his prime. That's him, like, in his late prime. Mm-hmm. But they still, you know, that I mean, you could tell they had to do a little CGI to make Anthony Hopkins look a little younger and right. slimmer. <laughs> right. But, uh... Yeah, it's. I, I think he does a great job in this movie. He he just he has the the import without it being, you know, you can chew the scenery, but if you chew it too much, it's gonna get to the release of Kraken, you know, um, from the remake of. Uh, um, oh God! I didn't even I didn't even bother to see that. That was some Liam Neeson <clears throat> scenery chewing. Now let me ask you, because this is something that—that's uh, a Kirby a machine just, in the background oh, there. Not a nitpick, not a complaint, just something that has confused me from the very first viewing of this movie. Odin just said that they withdrew from the other worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in a moment, it's going to show he's actually speaking to Loki and Thor as children. So, if they re- withdrew from the other worlds and he's telling this story, then how did Thor and Loki and everybody else come to be part of Norse mythology among humans? Mm -hmm. That confused me. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. There's a a line later on, I'll, I'll point it out when we get there, but there's a line later on where... Fandral is talking about well it's not like earth where you go down and summon a little you know lightning and whatever and they worship you like a god which i guess might cover this but still like i say it confuses me every time because it, it odin made it sound or makes it sound here as if this was it after this battle we left earth behind and and he even says we fell into the the myths and legends you know we were forgotten so if Thor's a little boy here, then right, he and Loki couldn't have match. even even made their mythology at this point. Right, maybe yeah. Odin, maybe Odin was saying that as a general Obi Wan sort of thing and saying, yeah, we don't meddle in their affairs, but maybe he was, you know, appearing to a couple priests or something, you know, and uh, right, and uh, getting him to to write the stuff down or kept a connection to someone who wrote the stories down on Earth. Or maybe the word traveled through other realms, through gossip. Who knows? But I why really like or Loki have all those adventures if they're not messing with all the other realms either? <laughs> I love that helmet. I wish he'd, he'd worn that helmet more in this movie. Yeah, they, they start off with all their traditional headpieces on and, and yeah. this. Because I think that looks good. I, yeah. you know, granted, the actual bird wings would look a little silly, but that version of the helmet's actually really cool. I wish he had worn it more. 
no, they did a good job of of presenting their outfits and having them look. They're not practical, but no. they don't look goofy. You know, they they just look they look reasonable. They look practical enough for comic use. You know. Again, not a complaint, but I was a little bit surprised that they have Hogan as an actual Asian in this. I know that he's frequently drawn that way in the comics, but I never really got the feel he was actually supposed to be Asian in the comics, was he? I don't know. It, I, I, um, yeah, I guess like I, I, Mongolian's Asian. I always got the sort of you know like um, you know Attila the Hun style Asian. Yeah. I mean, more modern, you know, latter day, I, I think that is how he's come to be illustrated. But, you know, you look back at some of the earliest stuff, I, I didn't really get that impression. But again, and not a complaint, it was just one of those things that kind of was odd to me. It was one of those things where I, I wondered, were they casting him that way because they thought that's what he was? Or were they casting him that way as one of those racial, you know, racially balancing the cast things that always kind of annoys me a little bit? Because I know they did that with um, Heimdall later in the movie. Heimdall's, uh, I forget that actor's name. But that didn't really bug me because I actually really liked that actor. I thought he was really good in the role. Although I would like to see how they're going to explain that. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think Heimdall and Sif are brother and sister, aren't they? I think so. I think you're right. I really like this scene. I really liked Ray Stevenson as um, uh, Volstag too. Although yeah, I thought he should not be to larger. Be, not to be uh, confused with Ray Stevens, singer of the street. <laughs> <laughs> so don't look, Ethel. <laughs> He's got one eye covered. <laughs> I like this scene. I'll... This whole story could have been really cheesy in the hands of somebody unlike Branagh, because Branagh take it, takes it seriously enough and lightly enough. To, I mean, what a coincidental thing that it happens right at the second before Thor's about to be king, you know. No, it was it was planned it that way. It was planned that way, yes. But you don't find that out till till right. late on so it's just sort of like it's it seems just kind of a little like cheesy movie timing but i like how Story it doesn't play awesome. out like you'd think you're thinking the beginning of the, the movie all these movies something gets stolen right and this is like nope <laughs> not that much of a situation i i i like how odin is just sort of like ah Yep, well, they didn't get away with it, did they? <laughs> That'll learn them. Yeah, he's like, yeah, not not really concerned. And uh, and you can, you know, upon subsequent viewings of this, you can just see that, you know, Loki's anticipating everybody's reactions, you know. He's just masterful at anticipating everything. These people are good. He's watching it like he's watching a script being played out right now. Yeah. And I was really, just like Kirk, just like, um, um, to a lesser extent, Captain America, but, um, 
you know, you see that the actor who's going to be playing, like, when I saw the, act, the guy who was going to be playing Thor, I was like, yeah, he looks like some country singer, you know, he looks like some modern mm-hmm. country si- singer guy who's fresh out of Chippendales or something, <laughs> but boy, <laughs> he, de- he, he just, just like the other two actors, he, he does it right, he plays it earnest. You know, he plays it, mm-hmm. plays it straight. I like that scene because it again it helps establish <laughs> that he's super strong. And he's love kind of the douche. lighting and everything. It's really nice in this. Well, see, I you know I, I felt kind of the same way. You know, when I saw pictures of him and everything, I thought, ah, oh, he's got that modern CW you know pretty yes. boy look. But damn, does he? I mean, he really pulls it off. He, he could be a little older, but you know, that's a minor quibble. But I do notice something that makes me laugh, though, when I watch these movies now is, um, you know, it's a minor thing, but I work with a good number of Australians, mm-hmm. and I can hear him trying to compensate for his natural Australian yes. accent, and it, it just amuses me, because well, I, I catch little things from time to time, and it just it, it makes me laugh that everyone else is very English and he's really more Australian. But, you know, to your average American, they all sound the same, you know? Well, it's funny because I had a note to that very thing. And where I, this is my theory on it, is, you know, I was sort of like, okay, let's see how the English accent works on this. Because Australian accent and English accent, they're similar, but they're very different. They've got a different feel right. to them. Right. And I think his... and. And there's a little bit of it in Odin, too. There's none of it in any of the other characters from Asgard. They're all, they all sound like British actors, you know? Mm-hmm. But his Australian fighting through gives it almost sort of a, a Norse accent to it. Right. You know what I mean? An edge to it that's, that's like Slavic-y sort of thing and i think that works really well she's gorgeous but i i wish she's this is Zena gonna be Warrior a very Princess. strange thing for me to say but i wish she was a little more of a bitch because i always liked my favorite version of sif is that one remember we covered it i th- what the hell show was that on it was either comics monthly monday or or back to the bins i gave you that thor graphic novel to read and it was the one oh, where yeah. he was basically getting bored with immortality and Sif came to Earth to kind of slap some sense into him, essentially. Yes. And he took her around Earth as Don Blake to basically show her why Earth was so awesome. And at the end of the day, she was kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever, dude, <laughs> this is beneath you. You yeah. need to come home. And I thought it was awesome. I love that story because she totally didn't relate to what he saw in earth and that's very realistic you know in the normal like human interesty sort of comic where they were like you know sort of feel good about humans story that runs through like it ran through the old star trek too you know yeah where it's like here let me show you the wonderful you know there's horrible things about these mortals but let me show you the wonderful things and and stuff and a real god would be just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got all that, but God stuff too. We're on like ten levels above this, you know. Whatever, dude. So, yeah, I like that a lot. 
I love the way the rainbow bridge looks. Yes. It's, I, w- I really wondered how they were going to do that, and that's a really good way to have done it. They do a really good really job cool. of mixing like the the mythological artistic look of like magic right but communicating that it's it's technology these guys have insane right. technology but they're so advanced with it but well you know the the old thing like if you don't understand a technology it appears to be magic magic yeah but exactly. they also do their technology with a good deal of flair you know oh, artistic yeah. flair this is awesome yeah, I, I love this. It's a machine, well, you know, and it's mythological. It's a lightning machine, old. Um, what's the What's the new term for the sort of? Um, I keep wanting to say cyberpunk, steampunk. You know, yeah, it's got a little yeah. steampunk to it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But, you know, he tells Jane later in the movie that, you know, he essentially comes from a place where, where science and magic are one and the same. And you see that being demonstrated here. That's what that's really cool about it. I love this. Yes. This scene here, this whole confrontation and battle on Jotunheim is what won me over with it. Because up to this point, I'm feeling it. I'm thinking, hey, you know, this is pretty good. I'm, yeah. I'm I, you know, they might actually be pulling this off. But we hadn't really seen a whole lot yet as far as, you know, Thor. Right, we're what, just getting all the introductions, do. yeah. You know, so far he was just, okay, he's a, he's an arrogant ass and all of that. But, you know, I, is he going to pull it off? Is he going to fly, for one thing, was one thing I really was curious about. Were they going to make him actually, you know, like in the comics, pulled by Mjolnir? flying or was he going to fly like superman or or were they going to just completely avoid flying altogether i had no idea See, I, this in the was 80s that would have been a factor a yeah oh definitely but yeah. nowadays nowadays you almost have no excuse not to have him fly you know that's the, in the 80s it was always like sort of like the first superhero movie if they were hoping to have you know make a franchise out of it they didn't want to show you all their tricks as a right. matter of fact, they just wanted to show you the bare minimum. And these days, you got to whip out some more of the tricks. Right. And maybe only save a couple to throw out in the next movie. And then you just... Plus, um- you know, in a lot of ways, this, you know, this was the first... I'm trying to make sure I, I'm, I'm correct on this, but I think I am. I think this was really the first Marvel thing that had come along where, you know, he really had not been portrayed live action before other than in the return of the incredible Hulk, there was (laughs) the the Thor in that, but you know, I mean, retro, you know, in retrospect, that's pretty crap. You know I mean? He fly, it had none of the real uh, accoutrements of Thor at all. And really horrifyingly cheesy costume design. Mm -hmm. That wasn't necessarily, inaccurate but it just looked cheesy you know i think they're getting better at taking superhero outfits and like that look cool as a as a on the comic book page but when you take cloth to them and make them and put them on an actual human body and stuff Mm -hmm. they start looking like underwear (laughs) yeah and uh so now they know how to do that and i think they fix a lot of it with cg and and stuff like that but yeah now you can actually have superheroes that look like 
they're functional and actually look kind of cool. Whereas it, I remember watching mm-hmm. that Thor on TV after it had come out, you know, a few years ago, it was playing on a rerun and out. It was almost, emba- well, I don't, wouldn't even say almost, it was embarrassing, you know, when Thor showed up, right. it was just like, oh, he looks like a guy dressed up for a cheesy heavy metal act or something. <laughs> you know, it was just terrible. I really like this uh, this guy playing Luffy here. I, what they're doing with his voice and making him, you know, making him all seem like legitimate giants is pretty yes. cool. That's really neat. I like that until right about now you didn't really get a good idea of the scale of the giants to the right. Well, as guardians, I was going to say the humans. Regularly proportioned no. humanoids. What's up, Lurch? <laughs> this is a great scene. Because Thor doesn't want to walk away to begin with. Yeah. Watch this. The, the slip of the hilt in his hand. I love that. That is awesome. But I loved it. I loved it. That, the scene right before that, you know, the Frost Giant King was just measuring him up. He was just yep. like... He's yep. just like, so this is Odin's kid, let's see. And he's just like, oh, too easy, too easy. You know, he knew just what to do. See, but I love I, it. It's, it's simple, but it's very, you know, the, the director really knows about motivations and, and characters. So everything that happens in this... You're See, I'm, in, I'm feeling it. You're involved. In the theater watching this, I was really feeling it. But still waiting to see the comic bookie you know and here's first one right here throwing the hammer and recall and i was like oh yes <laughs> yes yes but the big one's coming up the the one that completely was like okay i am completely hooked into this movie now is coming up here in a second I still don't quite understand Loki's power set, but I'm going to just roll with it, you know? Haha, you might think that I'm the real Loki. Well, you'd be right! (laughs) I shouldn't even try to do Schwarzenegger (laughs) imitations with Bill Robinson in the same network. (laughs) Cool hand Loki. All of the the frost giants look like that uh, Brian Bosworth guy from Cobra. <laughs> they all have that big like lantern jaw, you know. Yeah. Big lips. Let's see. The funny thing about it is, there's parts of this that look like things that I don't like, like 300. Right. You know. There's a little bit of Superman Returns too. The set background. Yeah. The end of. But it works here because it's it's these Marvel movies. They know how to get you to where you like. And (laughs) nice sound work too. Oh, the sound design is awesome in this. I wonder who it is. Yeah, how do you like a rancor now? See, right there in that last scene, I was like, is he right there? He's whirling the hammer. I was like, yes! Loving that shit. 
Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> He's gonna do it here in a second. Here's I was the just money shot. freaking out in the movie theater. Right there. Oh Jesus! I love that. That is awesome. Cause yep. that's so comic booky. Oh, that, that that wouldn't work in the real world of physics, but in comic books, oh yeah, you know. Exactly. If you're if you're in the frost giant land, why not have the hammer swing around and shoot shards of ice and rock at people? But that is a Simonson illustration mm -hmm. come to life mm -hmm. right there, you know. And that's what I want out of my comic book movies. You know, embrace the comic booky. Don't shy away from it. I don't want you that's know, why my it's a characters comic projected movie. into the real world. I want that fantasy world that I've enjoyed for you know forty years brought to me. That I love it. You it know? just comes down to the question: Why are you making a comic book movie? Exactly. <laughs> if you don't want to make a comic book movie, you know why? Why make it in the first place? If you're going to try and make it mm -hmm. some other kind of movie, make that other kind of movie. He's just like a giant rancor, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. It's just fun. This is just fun to watch. It's not all angsty. I don't care about the character's motivations. I don't need to see him, you know, exhibiting some dark side or something. I just want to no. see my superhero well, battling monsters and shit, you know, I flying around. And, I oh, do, it's awesome. I do care about his motivations, but his mo but the motivations of the characters in this movie are not very deep. They don't they're no. not they're not like yeah, and they're not full of import and stuff to He's oh well, there's definitely stuff for him to get depressed about and stuff like that and angsty about in this movie. He's got his big daddy issues fight coming, but it doesn't wallow in that. It happens. It it even when he's exiled onto Earth, they, there's still plenty of levity. I love that silence, you idiot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let the grown-ups talk. <laughs> Santa. You look tired. <laughs> Maybe you've been hitting the rum, too. Yeah, Santa's a little wobbly. Yeah, he is. But I love that. I love that the way that he's just doing damage control here. Mm -hmm. It's it's basically Shakespeare light. It's just, you know, oh, yeah. like Shakespeare for, for kitties, which is exactly what you need for this. Mm-hmm. If you tried to get all important and and stodgy with it, oh my god. This movie would have dragged. Probably would have been... You know, Luffy, a little visine, clear that right <laughs> up, buddy. That's cool. Great special effects in this. Yep, and, and, and you know, the, not... There's not a lot of battle and set pieces in this movie but they they spread them out right and they they make them look good and the, and even the the things that happen in here aren't like over the top you know throwing a million elements in at once sometimes there's big battles like with the frost giants but this is a low budget affair you know right so, but they but they make them look good they make them exciting so that one carries you to the next and and you're actually following what's happening to bring you to each thing. You're not just sort of watching a movie and waiting for the fists to fly. As a matter of fact, 
Yeah, whatever. You know, with a lot of the Marvel movies, my common complaint, although it's something that you can't really do anything about, is I usually don't care about the boss <laughs> <last> battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good he's a good you know, bite your head off, Odin. Now what I don't understand, Thor alone takes the fall for this and gets banished. Mm-hmm. And apparently nothing happens to anybody else. I think it's because Thor's he wants Thor on the throne eventually and what he wants Thor to le- learn the lesson, you know. The, these other guys, whatever, they're grounded and they don't get to watch, you know, Asgard Netflix for a month. But you, dude, I expected much more out of you. You know, which is even more hurtful, which is another little spike in Loki, you know. Right. That, you know, it, it probably, he might have, like, not pissed off Loki as much if he'd punished Loki just as harshly and That's you know, cool. treated him like an equal son. Now I'm taking all your toys. No more Legos. <laughs> I love this part. The only problem I have with that part, and it's not, again, not a criticism because I really dig this movie. I wish it had actually shown the inscription on the side of it mm-hmm. as opposed to that runic symbol. It's a, it's a minor quibble, but I really wish the printing had been on the side of it. That would have been neat. Ow! hate when that happens it's funny the whole traveling through space reminds me without the without the jelly of um oh yeah of uh galaxy galaxy quest yeah i hate it when you're just out for a walk in the desert and arc 2 runs into you i hate that shit well now now we're actually start you know i mean boom there was there was a quarter of the movie right there just in the Mm -hmm. little preamble and flew right by obi-wan Kirk's dad and Anakin's yep. mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how none of them comment about the... And, ah, they're looking at it, but... Oh, I guess they do. I don't know it what I'm vaguely about. resembles a crop circle. I'm surprised there wasn't some sort of like dropped off by aliens or alien abduction kind of joke here. I'm really surprised that didn't happen. <laughs> and it's funny that it's a taser that gets the god of lightning and thunder, you know, the guy who harnesses lightning. <laughs> hey, I have sky. one of those packs that's on the wall. I just realized that. That little medical box up uh-huh. there, I have one of those. I don't know where the hell I ever got it from, but I have one that looks just like it. It's like the hospital from the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it does. I liked how it's just county Hmm? hospital. Yeah, county hospital. Yeah, I I I think Natalie Portman's kind of attractive, but I don't 
I just don't have that nerd lust that most people seem to have. No, I don't either. I mean, she for one thing, she needs about three weeks of being force fed cheeseburgers. Yeah, she, she is I would, way I would, too scrawny. I would be. Ta- that's what I was just gonna say. If we're on a date, we'd be going to Five Guys. I always love it when people tear apart hospitals. <laughs> Full of the nicest people in the world, you know, only their <laughs> their fellow human beat the shit out of them. Take that, Dr. Oz. <laughs> I know, too bad Dr. Phil doesn't walk in. Oh, I'd love that. I'd like to talk to you about Ezgo. <gasps> yeah, see him put Dr. Phil's nose up into his brain. I would yeah, love that. That would, be, that would be cool. I would pay hard, cold hard cash for that. They should have had it crash in Meteor Valley. That would have been even cooler. I love that it becomes a big redneck fest, though. <laughs> it's like it's like the end of Night of the Living Dead. This was the little tag scene that... Well, not this exact scene, but this, this setup was the tag scene at the end of... Um, it's Iron Man 2, right? Iron Man 2, yeah. That guy, that actor right there looks very familiar, too. He looks like that Snaggletooth guy that used to be in all those redneck movies back when. <laughs> I have no idea what his name is. Now this is cool. You don't see this when you when you're not watching it on the giant theater screen. But I liked the little journey into mystery nod over there on the billboard because of what course did that it was. Say? It said Land of Enchantment, Journey into Mystery. Oh, it was ad for wherever the hell they live, I guess. And it. Uh, you know, Journey into Mystery was the title that Thor debuted in back in the day before it became Thor. Journey into Mystery 83, I want to say. Now, what what do you think? Was this like an old TV station or something they're in? Yeah, it looks like it was a TV or radio, radio station. station or something. Yeah. I love these Billy Batson looking Winnebago's driving all over the place here. That's cool. See, that's that that's a realistic, unrealistic element, but it also adds some visual flair to this movie. Is okay. These are scientists who are, you know, they're they're poor. You know, they're spending right. all their money on their. But a property like that, an old beautiful radio station building like that, that's got to be, you know, quite an expensive property. I would think maybe not in the middle of, you know. Pisswater, New Mexico. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're in the middle of Podunk nowhere, so. I like this that he has to resort to, you know, being sneaky to get out. And they didn't post any guards on him. Really? After he just after thumped he the just piss like, out of the entire medical staff? They don't post a guard. After he just did a Terminator, yeah. There's your Superman Returns moment. You were talking about Superman Returns before. Remember, doesn't he sneak out the window, stiff the city with a medical bill at the end of that movie, too? This is a nice gag here. See, I was just going to ask you what you thought of this. I thought this was a little too cheesy, but... Uh, It's in a good way because it's pulled off well. It's just because he's doing derpy, derpy (laughs) block watch. (laughs) It's very well acted by him and just like, doopy doop, hey, ho! You know? (laughs) The hillbillies. Cool I love how there's people who are just going to sit and watch. (laughs) I'm going to pull up a beer and watch everybody get a hernia. That guy looks like Henry Rollins mixed with Mel Gibson. 
<laughs> that guy looked like Jim Lunderman. I work with a guy who looks like that guy with the Jim Lunderman guy. <laughs> I love that Stan's still around to pop up in these movies. That's, That's going to be redneck. Saturday, the day that uh, Stan's not around anymore to be in one of these movies. Yeah. That'll break my heart. I mean, he is just like the little old New York City guy. He's just the furthest thing from a redneck, which just makes it hilarious. He, but he looks like a redneck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a totally passable paw. See, this is the, that was the scene from Iron Man Two, is when uh, when Coulson showed up. See, I'm still a little bit surprised that he became such a popular character. I'm not. He's but great. He's a- He's he is, but he's a he's a bit dodgy in this movie. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, you're you you know that. But that's the Walk thing about pants. Shield is you're never supposed to be absolutely sure what Shield's agenda is. You know, pull up your damn pants, dude. They want women to cut. When 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 I saw Thor two, it got a standing ovation at the end from the ladies. <laughs> Uh, half that audience was ladies and they were but they were really i think there was definitely a big hoopla in the movie theater during that scene and his other shirtless scene in thor 2 but the ladies were really there for loki loki yeah but they did appreciate they do appreciate the physique of thor so and made it known that they did during both movies (laughs) you know there was there was an audible buzz in the audience of both both of those movies during those scenes that you don't get watching it at home on your computer screen. He reminds me of the dwarf in Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, Gimli? Yes. Yeah. Doesn't he get kind of tossed at one point in this too? (laughs) You know, or propelled forward he gets blasted back or something by the uh by the destroyer i believe yeah but i think they fling him at it you know i think they they pull up yeah it, you know what i think you're right yeah they, they he comes running and they they do they fling him kind of does a does a dwarf toss and these scenes and these are the, the these are the kind of the places upon further viewings that this movie picks up some traction because you're what mm-hmm. you get to watch loki do doing his thing whereas yeah you know i mean when i watch you you know i know what loki's character is so you weren't trusting him but uh you know once once it's all tied together it becomes a different movie you know you watch it from a different perspective after you watch it a second time very much like fight club is is a lot like that I There's, love the set direction in this. I mean, the sets mm-hmm. are just awesome. They really look nice. They're they're right in that place between realism and beautiful design, you know. But in Asgard, they built these places so when you're standing there in front of something, that you're framed perfectly, you know. <laughs> when he turns around, I think he looks like Nightcrawler. Yeah. And it's weird. That's something they didn't really explore in the second movie. He's got a little data <laughs> going Yeah, a little on bit, too. yeah. Yeah. 
This is a great Actually, if they ever did a remake of Next Generation, he would be a good Data. He would be a phenomenal Data. He'd, he'd be an even better lore. Because he's, yes. he's a little scary. He's yes. a little, you know, he's a little creepy around the edges, which I, I come to think of it, I always thought Brent Spiner was a little creepy around the edges, <laughs> <Yes>. too. <laughs> Definitely. I like that scene. Baby's got a bad case of hat head. <laughs> It's a really nice scene here. Very uh, very well directed, but the, the acting is just phenomenal. I mean, Hiddleston has a lot of range, I think. Yes. No, and that's Hopkins what he does. What he does best, he just stands and looks dramatic. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is, that's what those old guys get good at doing. They get good at, at communicating things through just the most subtle, you know, things possible. Except Hopkins knows when to explode, too, in, in this one. Right. Right. Yeah, this is this is pure Shakespearean. I just realized you changed the patch on his eye too. How does that work? I don't know, but it, look, judging by a scene ago when you saw the fresh wound, I would want to change it fairly often. <laughs> I think it could get kind of ripe after a while. I should have had it bolted in like uh, what's-his-face in Star Trek VI. I always liked that, how it was actually bolted to his friggin' skull. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Santa? Santa, are you okay? You see, I can't figure out, though, if he knew that he was going... Uh, or... If it was even him that drove Odin into the Odin sleep, or if it's just something that happens every if every once in a while he's just gonna he, nap off. According to myth, as I understand it, and I could be dead wrong on this because I get a lot of my myth from comic books, but my understanding of it is that he has to regenerate every so often because he's essentially at least. Not so much in these movies, but in the comic books, he's essentially like Lord of the Universe, right? Yes, I mean, he's yeah, like the top friggin' guy. So he's expending wicked amounts of power all the time just to keep the cosmos ticking, right? So I got the feeling here that at Thor's coronation ceremony, he was essentially ready for the Odin sleep then. He was going to crown Thor, and then he was going to take a vacation. And when that didn't happen, he forced himself to continue to operate as usual. Right some, up to the Yeah, started drinking <laughs> some Asgardian coffee to <laughs> Asgard do? Yeah. <laughs> some Valhalla do. There you go. <laughs> I like that the redneck's helpful in here and does it, it in typical movie he would just like start a fight with Thor and get his <laughs> ass whooped, but he's just like, hey buddy. He reminds me of that big biker dude that always used to be in those movies, like every which way but loose and yeah. all that. Yeah, exactly. He'd be just like, "Look, asshole," and then it would end up being a fist fight. This this scene. Here. I used to work there until they found that alien shit inside. <laughs> a little Total Recall reference for you. <laughs> Get on the street, asshole. This reminds me of my drive to work every day. <laughs> Stupid ass in the middle of the road. 
I like how he doesn't even get, he doesn't even get the hint. He does. He knows that the car is out. He doesn't care. And just pick it up and hurl it off to the horizon somewhere. <laughs> yeah, she's got a little bit of like praying mantis face. <laughs> like her sidekick just visually is cuter, you know. Oh, she's classically like classic actress cute. You know what I mean? Who, Natalie Portman? No, 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 no. The, the other one, Jack, the other girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Natalie Portman, like, her features aren't soft enough to put her into, like, Aubrey Hepburn territory. I think she's actually very Audrey Hepburn-like in the respect of, like, Audrey Hepburn around the time of, like, always. You know what I mean? Because mm. she's just too friggin' skinny. That's her... She's just, like, un... You know, there's a difference between, like, being lean and then being unhealthy. Yeah. And she looks unhealthy. Well, like, it might just be, uh, you know, it very well might just be her body type. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, she's very, very thin. Got a nice smile though. She but is. she's a good actress. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, she it, is. Unlike, unlike most, like, you know, pretty heroines that they get that are sort of mid-level actresses, she can do serious drama and, and she's done lighter stuff and comedy stuff. And you can see, with a decent actor or a director, how you can get a performance out of her. Unlike, right. You know, so. You definitely see the the prequels were not her fault, and also you oh, also start. get to see that Seven Eleven probably put some money into this movie. <laughs> Talking about trash. But yeah, this is this is probably one of the most visually uninvolving small towns ever in a movie. It's really weird. I do not understand what's going on here. They come in, they steal all their shit, because why? They don't want them to discover this Eisenberg, whatever the hell they're talking about. And then later on, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. You can have your stuff. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you can find that Eisenberg thing you were talking about, yeah, that'd be great. And I'm like, what? What the hell happened to change their mind at the end of the movie? I don't get that. Maybe they got all her stuff just to see what she knew, and then they were like, all right, she knows so much, but she doesn't know... You know, maybe they weren't able to garner anything from her equip from, you know, I think they were basically just grabbed everything, but they were specifically just looking for stuff that that had to do with the night when the hammer got deposited on the ground. So they don't know if maybe she has something to do with it. So they're going to go through everything. And, you know, once and once they get the little you know, probably whatever the records were from the laptops from the van that night. Everything right. else is probably redundant to them, you know. So, right. So once they have that, I'm sure they dumped that on a hard drive and it probably wasn't a problem at all. See, that that um, that billboard you were talking about has letters blacked out on it, which is oh, very it? strange. Yeah, it had letters up in the top that. corner of it. That are blacked out. They weren't blacked out in the opening scene. And you I don't remember come to think of it, it, it something it just it just clicked with me. In the Avengers, the whole reason that they're escalating and, and starting to want to build those WMDs with Asgardian tech or you know, with the Tesseract technology and all that is because of Thor's arrival on Earth, mm -hmm. which kind of established extraterrestrial contact, according to Fury. So this makes sense in that angle that essentially S.H.I.E.L.D. in this instance is playing Men in Black. Yes. 
Yeah. They're sailing in to cover the whole thing. All right. So then that aspect, I guess it does make more sense to me. It just never quite clicked with me before. And it, it's, but it's different too. than Shield and the other ones because it's sort of uh, it, they're 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 fulfilling a different use. Now that thrown behind him, with the uh, with the curves coming off of it, wasn't there a story in? I want to say it was in the Simonson run, but I could be wrong. Something about an Odin sword, which was essentially like a giant sword that they used to. Do That's what it looks like, it. doesn't it? Yeah. It was like the the sword that was supposed to slay Searcher or some shit. I, I can't. I wish I was more up to speed on all that stuff. Yeah, his Loki outfit is very, very good. Not as good oh, yeah. as it could have been. It could have been almost like the Riddler if they'd done it wrong. I think all of them are really, really nice. I don't know how practical they are for every day just hanging out on Asgard, but they're cool as, like, you know, battle armor type of things mm -hmm. are very cool. I do like Loki's look. He's got a really cool outfit. I think they all look really good. I, I you know, particularly like Volstag because I was really, you know, I'm, I'm make no, you know, uh, no secret of being very enamored by uh, Punisher Warzone. I love that movie. I thought it was phenomenal. But just knowing that that guy is Volstag, or you know, when he was cast for Volstag, I'm like, really? The Punisher is going to be Volstag? How are they? How are they going to pull that off? And I thought they did a great job. I just wish he was bigger. He should be like Taller. three times that size. You know, yeah, just, sort of like the Kingpin. Yeah, because in the comics, he's he's just ginormous. You mm -hmm. know. More money, more forced perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, they did it with uh, John Rhys Davies and Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. well, they did it with the Frost Giants. That's true. I think it's funny that this guy just happens to be from, you know, of North's mm -hmm. descent. Yep, that's him, all right. At least they're not opening up like the Essential Thor Volume 1 or something. <laughs> well, he didn't open it straight to the page either, like in Raiders, which always yeah. makes me a little crazy every time I watch that. <laughs> it's a great scene. I need a horse. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's sweater is hilarious. He looks like one of those sitcom guys. Was it Balky or something? Yes. Doesn't he? Yeah. He's uh, he's a stereotype ca character, you know the the <laughs> wimpy guy behind the counter. Right. This movie's chock full of just nice little scenes between you know a mm -hmm. couple of people. Yeah, they're not just there to fill in time. Well, and this one is also, you know. It's it's a comic book movie that's this is this is the Marvel this and Thor 2 are the Marvel equivalents of a date movie. This is something this is something nerd boyfriend. You if you okay, if one one person in the in the relationship is a nerd, you can take your significant other to this oh, movie yeah. and have enough in it for them to go like, I don't give a shit about the comics, but that was a fun movie. 
if you're both nerds, then, you know, it's got that double enjoyment of where it's got stuff for the lady nerds and stuff for the guy nerds in it. I played this, uh, I played this for my wife because she really enjoys the, the Lord of the Rings movies. And uh, she really got a kick out of this. She thought it was a really, you know, it was a fun movie. It's, but it's, what's funny is the one scene that I have a quibble with, she pointed out the same exact thing I did. It's, it's a ways further yet, so I'm going to hold off on it. But my, my one beef with the whole movie, it was just funny watching it with her for the first time. She was like, wait a minute, wasn't that? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I always thought. So it's funny. When we get there, I'll point it out. It's really dusty in Odin's little <laughs> chamber there. <laughs> He's like got a cigar in one hand or something. <laughs> the Odin cozy. Yeah. That's an, uh, another little weird thing is, yeah, the Odin sleep is kind of a vague thing. It's like, oh, I don't think he's going to wake up. Is he? When I was watching it in the movie, I thought it was just like, oh, okay, maybe it was like the Tinkerbell effect where, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> one pants. last person who really believed in Odin kicked off on Earth and he's just like, <laughs> you know, and on the way out. Oh, that, uh, they should have totally done that. They should have had a moment where, where you know, they talked to the audience and been like, okay, if you believe in Odin, clap your hands. Clap your hands. I like the look of this uh, little, um, it, it, it's funny. When I was looking at this, you can almost, you could almost for, see all the letters for the word shield in mm-hmm. the shape of that, of the little thing they That's built. That's true. That. Yeah, I hadn't caught that before. Well, it's very, you know, alien cover-up. Very E.T. E.T., yeah. Yeah, very well. Uh, Spielberg-y with E.T. and a little close. This is like the end of Close Encounters, you know. With Ro- Now, is yeah, he Jillian. making it rain, or is he sensing that it's about to rain? He's got to be sensing that it's going to rain, because he. I, I don't think he can do it. He's mortal, so... He might just have enough to where he knows rain is com- coming, but. I love there's always some, you know, these. We're looking. At, first, we get to see all the desk jockeys here. Right. Once the shit hits a fan, all of a sudden, all the ass kickers start coming out of the shield woodwork. <laughs> it's hilarious. All these guys are pencil pushers. All those guys in that little computer command center look exactly like the same guys from Die Hard uh, 4. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all the – it's always the same guy. There's <laughs> only two guy, kind of guys who inhabit Ow. that that little com- secret computer room thing, and that's government-dressed people with name tags and people who look like, um, you know, Russian mafia. Oh, shit. What I like about this is there's no diddling around with S.H.I.E.L.D. As soon as they see something's wrong, they're just like, bing, 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 bing. Now he's disguised as Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. (laughs) (laughs) I like this little scene with her. I did exactly what you told me not to do, and now I'm in the shit. I'm surprised they can't sense a phone transmission. I'm surprised that they didn't have motion detectors and stuff all around this that they, that you could pull up. I thought of that the first time I saw this. I thought the same thing is why don't they have motion sensors on the thing? But it, it's it's you know it's yeah. slapdash. You know yeah, they yeah. just they just threw it up yesterday. You know. Yeah. Ordinarily, they probably would. 
But I think that's why it has this look to it, is that it's meant to be like, okay, this is a temporary thing while we check out this, you know, this uh, phenomena, and then, you know, we'll tear the whole thing down when we're ready to leave kind of thing. But, you know, like, everything we're watching now is just so inexpensive. You know, it's so... I mean, this is... This could be a TV show with what's going on in here, you know, budget-wise. Mm-hmm. And, uh... That normally would make for people going, you know, screw this movie. This is like a made-for-TV cheap movie. Well, this is another thing that really endeared this movie to me is one of the things I loved most about Iron Man 2 was it opened up the universe of Marvel by Mm -hmm. introducing more characters, you know, the Black Widow and uh, Nick Fury and stuff like that. And with this... Here you go again. It's yep. not just Thor. Now we get Hawkeye. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because I had no idea he was going to be in this. And not a lot of him. But it's it's pretty funny. that uh, Hawkeye is the guy who has... It's Hawkeye who says, um, I'm starting to like this guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, either give me the word now because I'm starting to side with this guy. And right. I love it. It's just, a, what, it's just one line, but it adds a lot to his character. He looks a lot like, uh, what's his name, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. <laughs> Mud wrestling. Once again, the ladies are probably like, oh yeah. Just one extra hit to the gut just for a good measure. Alright, here's, here's the Kirk moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So totally would not The moment work that would have just meant him landing on his ass and the mm-hmm. other guy going, what was that? <laughs> Good effect, though. Yeah. He just wiped more mud across his face. I love it. <laughs> There's your, your line right there. Yeah. This is a great scene. The music, the direction, everything about this is just phenomenal. The, the smirk on his face. There oh, you are, the baby. The swagger. He's, it's yeah. His body language. Very cocky. Yep. He's got it in the bag. Yeah, and no plan <laughs> for if he doesn't have it in the bag. <laughs> yep. I don't think he ever expected. No. That's great. Uh Sorry, this never happened to me before. (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice, though. I I really like this scene. It reminds me of that one... uh, There's that one issue right near the beginning of the Simonson run where he ends up stranded on Earth. Mm -hmm. Remember? And he's, like, cursing the sky. He's like, Father! And it's like a little Superman Returns moment. Or Superman 2 moment, I mean. Where he was screaming for his father. He looks bigger in this scene, too. That yeah, scene yeah, above, he, he looks just fucking huge. His chest is all... Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like Coulson's, like, mourning. Almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shield doesn't have umbrellas, apparently. <laughs> I think this suit costs a thousand dollars. 
take him away. I like that how the rune stands out and then it fades. And apparently he can he can glean what it's what it's telling him. You're unworthy <laughs> It's just mocking him. That looks like Roy Neary's model of the yeah, devil. <laughs> we were we were both seeing both seeing the same thing. Now it looks like two thousand one a space odyssey. They're backing away from the space station. I love this guy. This guy is also perfectly cast. Heimdall, he's cool. He's the one in the in the comics where Loki got freed because Loki was trapped as a tree. He was stuck in form yeah. as shape change. He was stuck in form as a tree. So he made a leaf fall off the tree and poke Heimdall in the eye so that he would shed a tear for him, and that's what freed him. It's freaking ridiculous, but I love that story. <laughs> I like that they have a picture of Loki like the Riddler, like, exactly as yes, he isn't. <laughs> See, I like that they reference uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Damn, she's cute. Yeah, she is. You just have to turn the volume down. Actually, it's not so bad in this movie, really. What's wrong with him that he's not trying to get them in bed anyway? The old guy? Yeah. I get, I get like a sad dead wife vibe off him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. It just was. Oh, I, I do. Like you know, and that's also from things in the second movie. You know. Don't be sad, Thor. It's a good thing I like Coulson. Otherwise, I'd want to see Thor just like jump up out of that chair and break his. Well, that's neck. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Thor's thinking like, just he doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't punch him. You're just <laughs> too depressed right now. <laughs> you know I could turn you inside out, right? Yeah, he he keeps, you know, I mean, it's got to be every... Look at that. He just wants to tear his arms off and start beating him about the head with them. But he's going, it's not their fault. I'm just mad. It's not his fault. <laughs> and I like that Loki just sort of can cruise through invisibly and that he dresses like a a Wall Street businessman <laughs> sort of on a cold day there are a ton of very subtle nods to those early stories with Thor in the comics this being one of them because in, in Loki's very first appearance in the comics, where he comes to Earth to, to basically give Thor a hard time, the very first thing he does is adopt modern-day clothes. Mm -hmm. So here he is doing that here. I just thought that totally was Totally really unnecessarily, cool. too, because nobody else yeah, can nobody see else him. Can he see doesn't him. have to blend in or anything. That is cool, though. It's it's almost kind of mockery to an extent. Just mm -hmm. Thor doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, he is kind of mocking him. He's sort of like dressing like somebody. He's like dressing like somebody from Earth, but somebody with a higher position. It's like the guy. It's like he's dressing like the guy who fires you, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. coming in to tell him, "I'm sorry, Thor," but uh, yeah, well, yeah, we have the, to have, we have the to old make boss cutbacks and sorry, buddy. Yep. Yep, the old boss, well, you know, he got put out to pasture. Now I'm in charge. <laughs> Looking over your 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 self-evaluations and says here you're reckless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost from this point on. It's like a lot of this is Loki just sort of like, enjo- you know, till the very end, enjoying himself, watching his fruit come to bear. Mm-hmm. This is important. This means something. And, you know, I spend a lot of time comparing the Marvel comics and the DC or movies and the DC movies, but I'm gonna actually compare this favorably, as opposed to say. Um, one of the prequels this time, just to switch it up, just so I'm not picking on Man of Steel or something. But, um, yeah, this shows you, like, how uh, Loki's got all these machinations and plans mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's a two-hour movie, so it's about this a little shorter than the prequels and stuff, which took three movies to show these machinations work out awkwardly, you know, to get the emperor's <laughs> plan in there. Sometimes elegantly and sometimes kind of awkwardly. And this one has the same kind of, you know, rock the universe, you know, manipulations. But it does it so, you know, effortlessly. And not really confusingly either, you know what I mean? in in the course of just one movie with you know with Loki basically being the emperor it's just shows what good writing and good directing can do for a movie as opposed to bad directing and bad writing can do against a movie so i wonder why colson lets him go anyway yeah just walk out with this guy yeah for one, wouldn't you think if you were walking into some top secret organization to go try to get your friend or whatever, that you, all of a sudden they'd grab him and be like, all right, let's do a full checkout. You're not going anywhere either, you know? And his story is obviously bullshit, too. <laughs> it's like very, very obviously. At least Thor somewhat plays along with it. So apparently he took him to buy him fresh clothes. I don't know, but this is like this shot is almost exactly like the two shot in the first Star Trek movie where he meets. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, it's even the same. They they even have the same sort of postures and uh, and attitudes. It's really funny. Although there, you know, there's there's limited ways to shoot two people talking at a bar too, but it's just funny. Plus, it's Kirk's dad. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't I thought of that. I think they were drinking right. Budweiser, Space Budweiser in yeah, that, too. Yeah, I think they were. Maybe I need to invest in Budweiser if it's going to be around till the 23rd century. Yeah, no shit. 
I think that's a Budweiser sign in the background too. So Budweiser and Seven Eleven have pumped some money into this. <laughs> they should have had the Budweiser Tapper game going on in the background. <laughs> I got to play Tapper at that museum, but it was root did beer. you? Yeah, it was root beer Tapper. Root beer Tapper. Which that's I don't care. It's game. still a great game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I was still pretty good at it. There was a great Tapper joke in uh, in Wreck It Ralph that I really appreciated. It's it's funny. I uh, I have a iPod Touch and I put the Fix It Felix game on the Fix It Felix <laughs> was at the at the they had a stand up Fix It Felix there too. Did it work? I mean, was yeah. it playable? Yeah, it was oh, playable. Cool. And uh, I didn't know they had one outside of uh, outside of Disney. That's cool. And um, but I have it on my iPod. This is a game you can play, and I and it's kind of a real simple, you know, eight bit game. And um, when I get a ride into work, my bosses, I get a ride from my boss, and she has two kids. You know, one of them's like in first grade, and the other one's, I think they're it's actually kindergarten and pre pre K or whatever. But uh, that's the game they go for now over all other games. They just they love it, and it's so funny that just an eight bit old school looking Mario Brothers Super Mario Brothers level game can still engage a little kid over, you know, not that Jotunheim needs tauntauns. I just realized. I know it needs anything. It's like these guys are just sort of living outside and. <laughs> No furniture. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like Watertown. Exactly. <laughs> There's not a goddamn thing there, and it snows, and it's freezing cold all the time. <laughs> it's exactly like Watertown. And everybody there are pricks. <laughs> it's dark. It's gloomy. There's nothing to do except sit around. It snows. It's freezing cold. Your eyes are always beat red. <laughs> Tell me this isn't upstate New York. Except everybody isn't fourteen feet tall. They're just, but they're still like <laughs> seven hundred fourteen pounds. feet wide. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. Yeah, it makes more sense with the cold weather, you know, to have that bear-like layer of fat and hair, <laughs> male or female. <laughs> I love it. This is it's basically the transporter room. Mm-hmm. There's the Scotty. <laughs> Except if this Scotty was in trouble with Tribbles, those Klingons would have all been dead. <laughs> I mean, pretty much out of all the the Asgardians I've seen, he might be one of the ones I'd want to mess with the least. Who, Heimdall? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he doesn't just look like he's tough and badass. He looks like he's got a hostile edge to him mm-hmm. that he's just waiting to... Because <laughs> he's eminently reasonable, and he's like a good guy, but boy, he just looks like he wants to kill everybody. I love it. Well, if your job was just to stand for eternity and watch for intruders, I I tend to think you'd be a little hostile, too. You'd be a little ready for some action. 
They literally put that Goline Crunch right in the front side. Oh, yeah. Too. Yep. <laughs> Doof. But they, they don't play the drunkenness like too cheesy. I like this scene where he's just like, hi. <laughs> That's a real drunk moment. Mm-hmm. And I like that Thor can really handle his liquor a lot better. Thor's just like, dum 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 Just got a little bit of a buzz on, but he was really probably just starting to drink. Who knows if an <laughs> Asgardian could even get, like, slobbering drunk, you know? I'm sure he could, but not on Not, not on, on what we got stuff. here. <laughs> yeah. He's used to sitting around the halls of Valhalla and, you know, guzzling tankards pro- full yeah. of... It's probably the yeah. blood from the aliens from the alien movies, you know. <laughs> See, there's no reason for her to hide her Goline crunch in the in in you know, in there. There was just another opportunity to go Goline crunch. <laughs> oh, it's just a cute little moment of her yeah, you know, yeah. being flustered. Yeah, but why would one hide your their cereal? It's like, oh God, I don't want to see this guy. Like, you know, maybe if it was a box of Kotex or something like that. <laughs> Get these out of here or whatever. But she's already like got like, you know, that guy coming around there too. So she's probably got all her feminine products. You know, yeah, she was she was all embarrassed place. with the Goline Crunch, but left the dildo sitting right on the bed. <laughs> As if Natalie Portman needs Goline Crunch, too. Yeah, I was thinking that. She needs a big old box of Get Fat, bitch, because she's just too skinny. I've heard the fat. I've heard the most unhealthy as far as, like, calorie-wise restaurant in the United States, you know, chain-wise, not, like, individual restaurants, is the Cheesecake Factory. So I guess that's where we'd have to take her out and... <laughs> a dream date was to the cheesecake factory. There's there's literally a pasta dish there that's like the equivalent fat wise and salt wise of like six Big Macs. <laughs> and Big Macs are all, are one of the heavy hitters like that are like this is like all the calories you need for a day or in a Big Mac or you should have for a day. I think I've ever eaten at one of those places. I've seen them, but I don't think I've ever eaten at one. See, this is a nice, nice mm-hmm. little scene between them too. Where he talks about Yggdrasil. I always thought this was really cool. I liked this scene for the you know seeing it in the theater for the first time just because I knew what the hell he was talking about. Because yeah. not long before the end of the first Thor series, when uh, Mike Diodato Jr. was doing the art on it, there was a story in there that somehow or other involved uh, Yggdrasil, which I thought was really cool. Well, it's funny because their their love story, which is you know, it's it's a good love story. It it it, it gets you, it's it works for the ladies, but it's not like a love story. Right. You can see her. She's looking at him. And she's like, man, this guy's hot, and I get along with him. But like now, she's finally being like, okay, maybe I can scrog him, because he may not be insane, you know. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the shapes that he's drawing there. Probably make some sort of scientific sense to her, and she's like, "Okay, this is, this could be real. I might be able to get my scrot on." <laughs> and she's kind of glad because she was like 
suspicious that this guy's gonna like you know that it's gonna end in restraining order you know instead of a trip to Asgard although you would think Thor would be more aggressive at her as a female you know he would be like so you know that's just sort of his personality I like do not <laughs> don't Mistake my appetite for apathy. <laughs> I like that. I wonder why they replaced uh, Fandral in this in the second one. It's not the same actor in the second one. It might have. And just, I like this guy. It might have just been a scheduling. Could be, because this guy reminds me a lot of uh, of uh, Carrie Elways. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's him because I think Carrie Elways yeah. is a lot older these days. Yeah, he's but... older. He he looks a lot like him to me. If you ever saw, um, well, I I know you've seen Glory, right, with uh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, not for a long Ray time. That and he looks a lot like this guy here. I I don't have any idea who that actor is, but I was one of the first people to ever see Glory. Were you? Yeah, they they came and gave a preview at our school before That's it was in when it was in pre-release. We had some sort of setup with a couple of the film stu- studios where they would send movie. We uh, that and um, I'm trying to remember. It was the weird movie with Crispin Glover, uh, Heather's. Mm. That was another one. They sent the they sent the director of Heather's and the director of Glory to show their movie before it came out and and talk to us about how they made it and. Uh, the guy who did Heather's, that was like he was in our classroom and we watched it on a on a videotape monitor. The the glory one, it wasn't as intimate. It was in a big old auditorium and a real theatrical screening of it. Box a hoe up there on yep. the uh... Eat your <laughs> hoe, you brat. <laughs> Does she ever take that stupid toque off of her head? No, because that's what. What do they call them? The Durag or something? No, no. Her character has a name. It's like the manic pixie girl, who are that they're really cute and appealing to guys in a sort of like, oh, she's quirky and funny and full of wisecracks and stuff. But in real life, they'd be like annoyingly insane. Destroy everything. Kill, kill them kill them all i love this (laughs) shot i love the way that they're walking through town it's just like we are the jolly warriors three (laughs) Eh? it's like janeway it's funny i was a little cheesy though what this line here yeah well what's he say jackie chan and xena but it's funny because i the, the other guy looks like the Looks like Matt Damon, but the I was thinking, ah, you know, these days they'd be just like, ah, there's a cosplay <laughs> convention in town. <laughs> I don't think those characters would be that shocked at this point, though. But it, it's it's. It's just a great light movie. I just 
I love it. I love how the scene is so kind of stereotypical of like, all right, we get back together, give some exposition, get the story moving forward. But man, you, 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 you've liked the characters enough that you're like, Hey, Thor's reunited with his friends. Oh, he's going to be pissed. And I mean, that's almost sounds obvious describing it that way, but it's so rare until now with the Marvel movies where you feel that way with watching these movies, you know? Right. You're sort of watching the characters do what they're written to do. I don't want to run down like the X-Men movies though, but like back when the that time period when the X-Men movies came out, it was always like I like the characters. It's like, okay, here's these characters I know. But for a good part of the for for most of those characters, they were just sort of like, okay, here's the depiction of them. Whereas this, they feel like living, breathing characters. That looks like a cover to a book or something. That was cool. I like that scene a lot. How he just pulls the cask out of nowhere, uses it, and then puts it right back. The only thing with... Uh with the Warriors 3 here is that it just seems like there, there's not really a, a sense of, wow, these are gods come to Earth, you know? They're, they're, they just show up. Yeah, well, I like you that. Know? I like, yeah, and as, and and they actually, and, and now that they're out of, it's funny that we were talking about in Asgard how all their costumes were cool. Out of context back on earth in this context their costumes look a little cheesy mm-hmm. you know, it makes them kind of comedic and they're acting kind of comedically because they're jolly warriors three so yeah they don't seem as threatening as they should be but then you get to see them in action in a few minutes i love the sound the destroyer makes when yeah it fires very cool But I like that they acknowledge that they're not like it's a monster from the gods. They're like the technological aspect of that thing is very out. They're like, well, one of Starks, you know. And that was a weird cut on yeah. the same spinning. There's Michonne and <laughs> for the zombie apocalypse hits. Little Dr. Pepper money too, but it. You asshole! You blew up the Rite Aid. <laughs> Where the hell is Grandma gonna get her drugs now? Take nice that, Seven Eleven. Shot of Seven Eleven, yeah. That's a good shot. That was the liquid, the liquid man coming through the fire in Terminator Two. Yep. You're right; they do throw yep. him. I forgot about that. Ow. Oh, I hate when that happens. See, this is about the time that uh, he needs his double-barrel shotgun to shoot it in the face. He was the Punisher, after all. This is a really neat scene because, man, the 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 That's complexity cool. of this of the way that this character, uh, you know, that thing is put together to communicate that spinning around sort of mm-hmm. thing mechanically 
and that make it make sense cool. is really hard and they pulled it off really good. It looked really Wait. cool. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot to do in that town to begin with and he's destroying what little there is. Yeah, well, he's giving him giving him something to do. Rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> It's in, in the end, it's gonna unite this town. I love how he's just on fire and scooting out of there like nobody loses an eye or anything with all that flying glass. This is the uh, this is the battle in town from Superman Two. I just realized. Yeah, it is, but it's but toned way down. It's oh, actually, yeah. it, which is funny because it's 2011. You know, you'd think it would be hyped so up. Gonna, I want to see the destroyer point its finger and the sheriff just levitates up into the air. All right, right there, there's a sense that Volstag's really, really big and fat mm -hmm. that I didn't get earlier in the film. But right there, it seems like it when they're. Rolling him back up like Humpty Dumpty or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I won't be needing this. Now there he looks like a country singer. Yes. Let me sing a little song. <laughs> it totally looks like the beginning of a country music. <laughs> it totally does. <laughs> I'm going to get me my wife back. You wrecked my town. You stomped my dog. <laughs> Where's my truck? <laughs> I don't care if you come from Asgard. I will kick your ass. <laughs> I'm proud to be in this guardian. <laughs> oh God. I'm proud to be a bastard from Asgard. Oh God. <laughs> It's funny because I've never heard anybody else make the country singer reference to Thor, and it's just so obvious. Cuff! <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because at that, up to that point, you really didn't think Loki was like going to be murderous. Only by making the ultimate okay. sacrifice can redeem himself. This is my moment. I have to say. Now, I hope that I have properly expressed up to this point that how much I love this movie. I really do. I really, really enjoy this. But this is my moment of having a beef with this movie. This ship, ship out of danger. Maybe this is just me being a little too close to it. But this is a movie, or excuse me, a moment right out of a Disney movie. This is okay. So here's the, the the scene. Okay, he comes to Earth. He's very gruff. He's he's you know very rough around the edges. He's a little quirky and all that sort of thing. And she's looking at him like, eh, I don't know about this guy. 
And then we have that little scene where he's talking about, you know, I come from a place of, you know, magic and machinery being one and all that. And she's starting to get the hots for him. They're kind of coming together, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is the scene after he's battled the bad guy and it looks like this is it for him and everything. And she suddenly realizes, oh, I really do love him and everything. And now he's going to transform into his real form. What movie does this sound like to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's total. It's total Pinocchio. It's total <laughs> er- earning his real boy now. It's Beauty and the Beast, dude. Oh, no. This come on. It's Pinocchio is- becoming a real oh. boy. No, 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 no. This oh, is yeah, well. totally Beauty and the Beast because this this scene. There's a lot her, of girls will dispute the Beast aspect of it. With her, <laughs> with her, you know, there crying over his dead body, saying, "I really do love you," and all that. And now he becomes his true form. That that is, that's that same scene from Beauty and the Beast. Well, it's a so it's I, a problem with it necessarily. It's just highly unoriginal you it's know a, well yeah but it's a mythical you know that's power of myth type stuff you know the hero must you know there's the hero's journey like, and then there's I the line i hate that line which one that li- oh my yeah God. it's just really up till now i have fully embraced the cheesy in this but that whole transformation sequence is so cheesy now it gets good again. Now it's back to like Thor. Yeah, it's just a moment. Like I say, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. But holy shit, is that really bad cheese? And for just that, a minute, I love that shot there. That's total comic book. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just in the center of the hurricane, just hovering there, yeah. using me like a propeller. Yep, I agree. It's it. It could be very cheesy. It's not super realistic but it's cool it looks like a comic book mm-hmm. little army of darkness with the cars flying around it's a little superman right there too with him forcing the ray back at the thing that's shooting it that's like right out of one of those fleischer cartoons yes it was very fleischery yes yeah oh yeah with the cars falling yeah. like Ar- dark yeah i do i love that <laughs> crunch so is this, how you normally... this is a cheesy line too a good look. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I don't like that. Part. Well, now she's in fully like, man, I have full latitude to scrog this guy now. <laughs> Plus, he's an actual god. I'm going to be scrogging a god. Screw all you other ladies. Tell me about your boyfriend. Oh, yeah, mine's a god that lives in another dimension. I like that uh, she calls him son of coal. Or he, he Thor calls him yes. son of uh, coal. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's like people talking about Superman. <laughs> this is the equivalent of the guy taking the girl for the ride on his on his Harley. <laughs> oh, you want to take a ride? <laughs> He's so in now. There's no way she ain't giving it up after a, <laughs> a flying trip to to Asgard. What exactly is Loki's plot here? So he lets the Jotuns into Asgard, looking like he's going to let them kill Odin, but then he kills Lafi instead. So was it to make himself look really good? I think I mean, it I was. I think it just... was. He was probably easier to kill them 
there where they think they're at their ultimate victory to get him by surprise. And he comes out looking like the hero uh, and warrior by defeating the foe. But Heimdall's been privy to the whole thing. Right? Yes. But he's not supposed to get out, I don't think. (laughs) I don't think he was supposed to... I, I, I think he underestimated his ice-breaking skills. I like how everybody's just like, we're just going to get out of the way now. I'll come back in uh, a couple years. Maybe. I like that she addresses that he came back for the Avengers and where the hell were you? <laughs> I was right. busy. Come on. It was it's a total like relationship. He's like, I would love to see you. I was at work. What do you want me to do? At least she doesn't know that like he was hanging around just doofing around eating shawarma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to save all my comments about that for uh for our comments or for our uh, round table that we're going to do on Thor 2. Definitely had a couple issues with Thor 2. The the timeline thing being one of them, but now, the way she just kind of gets smacked aside here, it doesn't look like she really has a whole lot of skill. I think it it, it gives a poor presentation of her. She has enough skill to wipe out one guy like that. You'd think she would uh I love that shot. So opening his eye. Odin, no, of uh, Thor, oh, flying Thor flying to the rescue. Yeah. This is what our, our pal uh, Kevin Melvin, who used to play video games with all those dudes, <laughs> that's what he looks like now, pretty much. With a metal patch bolted over his face. Well, yeah, the eye patch and the white beard, yeah. Same general build. Not Santa! Huh? But, 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 Ow. I, I guess it was just to make himself look good. Like, yep. like he had foiled this. Yeah, he's 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 on the throne, but you know nobody's really happy about him being on the throne. Right. But if that pesky Thor hadn't just showed up, <laughs> he would have been like, "All right, we were a little sketchy about Loki being, you know, in charge, but he did just, you know, crush the the ice giants who were coming in to to take out. You know, it would have been a nice little PR." business and and would have made him seem stronger too i love that now they've realized in modern times with movies like this that it's really cool to see that shot where the hero's really tiny and falling a great right yeah where the instead of dominating the screen sometimes you see the scale of the hero and how far he gets thrown into buildings and stuff. I hate to say it's something they did to nice effects with some of the special effects in Man of Steel. You know, you'd see a little That's Superman. That's a great shot of him coming flying. Yeah. I just love the Rainbow Bridge, man. Anything that mm-hmm. takes place on it is really cool. 
Why didn't uh, the mother stop him? He blasted Thor through the wall, and then the next shot of him is riding the horse, you know, along the Bifrost. Why didn't she try to stop him somehow? Yeah. Try no, they just sort down. of... The, at this point, things are happening too fast and furious in the end run mm -hmm. to get everything where it has to go. I love that you just sort of get an idea that, like, the Rainbow Bridge is some sort of, like, crystalline computer right. thing without any explanation, you know, mm -hmm. just just by the way it looks. and and But at the same time, it's this beautiful, artistic, mythical thing. Ow. Ow. Gotta say, it takes a, takes balls to smack around Thor, just like toying with him. And I like that, like Thor. Loki is definitely the best villain of all mm -hmm. the Marvel villain. All the other, Mar all the Marvel villains, pretty much are disposable. Except so far, Loki. so far, yeah. yeah. So far, they're they're basically boss battles at the end. I mean, I think that there are other, you know, other villains out there that they could get a lot of mileage out of as well, similar to how they have with Loki. I, I hope that they exercise, you know, good judgment and use some of them, because I hope, I really, truly hope we have not seen the last of the Red Skull, because I think that's a character that has a lot of mileage to him as well. See, I want to see Doctor Doom in this context, Doom, yeah. but I don't know if he's part and parcel of Fantastic Four. He is, yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, while being a comic booky villain too, and being just sort of like, you know, the me you know, he's just sort of a a comic book megalomaniac sort of character, you know, evil see, evil I'm, dictator. But he I'm could be made to... into a great three dimensional semi, to where you don't completely hate hate every aspect. You could semi sympathize with him, like Loki, you know. Loki's an, a good anti-hero. You know, he's got personality, he's evil, but he walks the line of it, you know, of being charismatic and completely bad. I like how Thor's just like, I'm just done messing around. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great moment here that uh, I don't think I've ever seen this trick pulled in the comics where he puts Mjolnir right on great his chest trick, so yeah. he can't get up. Yeah. Just sort of like, I'm going to put a sticky note on you for now. and uh, It makes you wonder, though, how can he breathe if he can't move the hammer? How can he make his chest rise and fall, you know? Well, it's inside armor, so it's like, I don't know if it's compressing his chest as much as just sort of like holding him down. But it makes sense, you know, nobody else can lift it up, so. Right. It's, it's. I kind of like the idea that the movies might have added a little wrinkle to it, you know? Right. There's got to be a few comics writers smacking their forehead going, Jesus, I could have had a V8. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? This is a great scene. I do. I, I agree with you. I think the Rainbow Bridge looks really cool like that. And it did get shattered as well during yeah, the, the Simonson. I forget how it happened, but... 
you know, I remember thinking, well, how the hell do you shatter a beam of light, you know? But this makes more sense. It's than almost it like crystallized light. Thing. Yeah. It's almost like light in a solid form. Or it's almost like a, it's almost like a um, fiber optic network. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very this much is, so. This is uh, he's. This is the Time Warner of Asgard. Although Time Warner isn't fiber optic, but you know, the idea. Comcast. Great sound effect right yeah. there. Yeah. Really good sound design here. I just like the whole look of Asgard like Santa! <laughs> I love that whole look of, you know, the old, like, you know, here there be dragons, you know, with the end of the world and the, the water just runs off into mm -hmm. where, you know, nowhere. Just Very off into cool. the void. Into the void, yeah. For you. That means there's a lot of water somewhere to... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like the old, where, you know, the, the old... Is water coming from? Yeah, it's like the old, like when they used to be believe that water just ran off the ends of the earth. It's like, okay, where's all that water coming from, though? Frankenstein, don't go! Phoebe! <laughs> A little bit of Evil Dead there, too. Yep. <laughs> oh, sorry. Guy just tried to kill you. That wouldn't cry too many tears. That's his brother. They're Build it. they're as guardians. They take that brother stuff real seriously. <laughs> and they have to build a baseball field. It's kind of a neat effect, but at this point, with the cloud, it starts looking like it's projected on a. <laughs> on a green screen mm. right there the last couple seconds of it but i like that idea of the cloud just sort of slowly disappearing and with it her hope of ever seeing her boyfriend and consummating their relationship <laughs> she must be sexually frustrated because it's like years they don't even they don't even get to really like even make out for for very long mm-hmm -mm. Poor Natalie Portman. All her boyfriends are cold and distant. <laughs> <laughs> All these movies. Or in The Black Swan, not even boyfriends. You gotta watch it, man. Ooh. I'm telling you. Hmm. I am intrigued. There's nudity. Just saying. Looks like Christmas. Christmas in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that they did show some other uh, some other races of Asgardians there too. I like that there's really just catch as, that before. Asgardian citizens. I wonder if the Asgardian citizens are super powered or if they're just schlubs. Compared to I always the wondered that too because you know there's there's certain you know like Thor and other ones they'll call you know the god of this the god of that mm -hmm. but does is everybody that lives there a god of something I guess it depends on if they ever went to to earth right and became I guess associated with something I really don't know I how mean, that works I mean like the warriors 3 are tough guys but they don't necessarily have like 
powers, you know? Right. It's like I mean, Loki, I've never heard... Loki's got his staff and his powers, his witchy powers from his mom, and Thor's got, like, you know, bringing the hammer down. A <laughs> yeah, little I mean, I... bit too green screened here. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Not so. It's not so bad where Odin's standing, but with where Thor is, it's a little hit. The line of his face, the cut of his jib, is a little yes. too defined, and it does. It looks a little fake. Yeah, a lot of I. I think a lot of these heavily CG'd movies, and I. It's too late. We're in the age of high definition. They could stand to bring the definition down a little bit <laughs> to make it look more realistic. I agree. I think that's just a a key thing they're 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 missing in all this and I've thought that ever since the first bootleg of the Phantom Menace came out mm-hmm. that was fuzzed up and it was like all of a sudden it looked real. <laughs> right. Then yeah. then where you could see every detail because if you're sitting looking at Thor that, you'd be f- however, is that's pretty damn really cool. cool. Yeah. It's like the Rainbow Bridge above Niagara Falls or something. That's really cool. It's, I wouldn't stand that close to the edge, dude. It's broken. <laughs> Somebody broke it. This was all I had to do. <laughs> and you broke Great. it. Now I'm unemployed, dude. Thanks. <laughs> right. I, I hope you're going to be bringing some uh, deer carcasses to my family, Thor. <laughs> He's in no big fat hurry to go see her again, though. I know. You'd think that the uh, Asgardians would have quite a little bit more of an appetite for for the ladies, for his lady love. So I was really geeked out by this scene here at the end where it pulls back. Because up till this point, I'm kind of like... Eh, whatever, you know, it's it's the little Superman. Maybe it'll end up with some aliens playing marbles with our universe. <laughs> what movie was that? It was Men in Black. Men in right? Black. Yeah. Or it ends with Superman's ship flying towards Earth. Right. No, I always like I, See, I always I, like pulled cool. back through space space sequences. I like also the it's not as much marvel other other movies are doing it having the credit sequence at the end like this right it's like a little special effect sequence that just sort of adds to the the feel of it right before they just roll black screen with names of course of course marvel's got to come up with stuff too because they also have all their false endings and right and, and this and that so they have to have something this I think this they do that sheerly to keep it visually interesting to keep as many people watching before they start filing out of the theater. Mhm. I was amazed by how many people got up and left as soon as uh, the first ending of of Thor the Dark World happened. People I mean the majority of the theater got up it was and, a- and I'm like have you not been trained adequately by this point to stay all the and way And also the end? also you know I mean before you go I, in our theater everybody was pretty much there till the end cuz it was all nerded out and everybody had and it was also I 
I don't know. It might have been opening weekend. I think it was opening weekend. But I pretty much assumed everybody there, if they didn't just assume it, were like, you know, hang out till the, till the bitter end, you know? Right. So they mostly did. But for the most part, in most of these movies, people are out of there. You know, Stan Lee's role was Stan the Man was his character. Was his name. character That's pretty cool? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'm trying to remember well. who they thank in this one. If they thank anybody, I can't remember. Because in some of these Marvel movies, they've now taken to thanking a lot of the guys that you know that made the Rogues. comics that the the you know the stories are largely pulled from. And I can't remember if. Uh, if Simonson gets a thank you or not, he sh- definitely should. Si- Kirby got uh, mentioned there a little yeah. earlier. Story with J- Jack Kirby and Larry uh, Lieber. Yeah. Well, he's co-creator as well. Kirby, be co-creator, you know, with uh, with Lee. Yeah, I don't know. I seriously doubt it somehow. I think they're afraid to do stuff like that because then it usually means you got to give somebody else money. Right. They've I've I haven't seen them be consistent about it, but I know they've done it a time or two because I remember there's one of them. I want to say it's Iron Man 2, I think. That thanks a whole bunch of people See, like uh, Bob Layton. I know John uh, John Byrne is mentioned. Um, I, you see, I, I don't. Well. I don't want to sound hostile towards them doing that, saying like, "Well, they don't want to pay anybody," because I. But could it opens see, the door. Yeah, I was just gonna say it opens a whole can of worms. It's like, do you want to start paying everybody who ever worked on that book? Right. That's the yeah. What if there was, was a particularly good now. colorist? You know. <laughs> right. That was my thought as well. Is that when you do stuff like that and you thank the the you know the quote unquote obvious ones like a Bob Layton or a, a David yeah. Michelini or start? John Byrne or whoever? Where do you start? Where do, do you, you stop? stop? Where do you yeah. start? Where do you stop? Exactly. You know. So somebody that had a run that might have been perfectly acceptable, but it just isn't really remembered now. Are, are they going to be? You know, are they going to consider themselves slighted that they didn't get mentioned? So, yeah, I, I can definitely see that being a slippery slope. Plus, I could see it being used, you know, somewhere down the road as, well, you know, clearly they acknowledged my work. Mm-hmm. Here I am in the credits. So, you know, where's my cut? Where's so. my cut if this movie made like a billion dollars? <laughs> Which is essentially just what Stan Lee did with... Uh, and the not, Spider-Man movie. That last little block there of the New Mexico second unit, that was that was like basically the low budget aspect of this movie. <laughs> Here's like the here is a low budget film crew that worked on this movie and it went roop by in about ten seconds. I wonder what this one did cost to make. I don't know, it was probably I'll bet you it was I'll, I'll bet you it was in the same um realm as the Iron Man movies, maybe a little less, but they did get Branagh and they got Anthony Hopkins in it too, mm-hmm. to act in it. So those are those are a little bit of money. I don't know Anthony Hopkins. I don't know if he's like gets a lot of money. He might- I don't know. I, I would. My guess would be that he commands a pretty good salary, but I honestly he also might be one of those guys who just likes to work because he's in a lot of movies too. So he he might not have cost an awful lot, but 
I tend to think when the big actors, when they say, hey, do you want to be in a superhero movie? They say, sure, but you better pay me really good, you know? That's becoming a real thing. I mean, there, there's a lot of people out there, you know, some pretty big name folks that are now, you know, queuing up to be in the next well, Marvel. There, thing, there's also some neat. that are crazy fans that are like, I'm going to mm-hmm. use my pull to get into a superhero. Oh, movie. definitely. But it's, I mean, and we haven't really seen that since, like, say, like the 60s Batman TV show where, you know, a lot of these a-listers are you know jockeying to be in these movies i think that's cool i i think that's very exciting it says that you know something's going on with these they realize that they're they're making money they're being big hits it's getting their face out there they're well, identifying with this a way. Whole new audience and a whole new generation a lot of those big actors are around our age so mm-hmm. they grew up with the same comics we did mm-hmm. and they're artsy fartsy type you know hollywood people so they they probably grew up on comic books and in that sort of the same media as us so they're fans we're actually getting where the you know the robert redfords of the past are all comic book fans from so you know i mean it it would be like somebody offering a iconic comic book role to us of course you want to be known there we go right there special thanks walt simonson's the third Mm -hmm. one down yeah, they're and very selective on who. Yeah, they're very selective on who they they thanked though. No Tom DeFalco, no Ron Friends. That just breaks my heart because their run is phenomenal. Thor will return in the Avengers. Yes, Hell he does. Yeah, and he does okay too. This was I thought though one of the weaker ones. Yeah, but just for me. Maybe because I didn't really know the meaning of any of this. But I like that Loki does an Obi-Wan on him mm-hmm. at the end. And I like the look that he gets him when he's like, I thought you were bringing me down here to kill me. And Nick Fury just sort of gives him the look like, L! <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> Not implausible. Your work has impressed a lot of people who are much smarter than Lots of work. The foster theory, the gateway to another dimension. It's unprecedented. You never really see what drove this guy nuts, though. Mm-mm. I'm thinking the the um the sadness from a dead wife. I'm telling you, I just feel it. He's a character with much sadness in him. So the scene really only works after you see the next movie because this sets up Captain America. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson was looking a little beefy in that last shot. So didn't Loki look scarred or something there? Yeah. You look like he had some damage to him or something. Yeah, he might have got reefed in the head with a couple of space rocks <laughs> getting sucked into the... Into but then the he's boy. fine when we see him in uh, in the Avengers. And well, he had some time to... to... recuperate. I wonder if they backpedaled on uh, on scarring him up. You know, making him, making him the whole Two-Face thing. Yeah, you don't want to scar him up too bad for the ladies. Exactly. They exactly. like their Loki purdy. <laughs> well, I dig that movie. Mm-hmm. 
I dig it a lot. I think that's actually one of the uh, one of the better ones. Very very good movie. Closing thoughts on Thor. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I'm picking up something new, little nuances every time I I watch mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Thor two again now. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I wish I had that one on DVD. I'd love to kick that one in and watch it. Yep. Well, it'll be out soon enough. I, yeah, I really yeah, won't take that long. one in the theater, though. Won't take long. Yeah. And by that time, we're on to Captain America Part 2, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm really looking forward to from yes. the previews of that. That looks like it's going to be an action, action-packed. It doesn't look like... It, it looks like it's definitely going to drop the retro... You know, but of course we're set in modern times now. Right. But I'm sure they're gonna play off the, you know, the the difference between of you know they're gonna play off him being out of out of time, which they did in the Avengers. But I'm sure they'll do it to a more dramatic effect in this this movie. Or yeah, it may that might not be a factor. It could end up being one of those movies like a James Bond movie where you don't get to catch your breath very long. I get the feeling the... that they won't play it for comedic effect. Like, no. oh, you know, look at this man from the 40s who doesn't understand the modern day. I don't think they'll play it that way. I think they'll play it more, like you said, for dramatic effect. Look at this man from the 40s that can inspire us to be great again yeah. like we were in World War II. I, yeah. I think they're going to play it more. Because that's the vibe I'm getting from robert redford's character what little we see of him in the trailer that that's kind of the feel i get is that he's looking at cap as the best of you know those times right the distilled essence of what we look at as the yeah of the go america (laughs) mm -hmm. yeah very much so when it was when when the country was at war and they're like let's take all our spare metal and Bring it all to the center of town so we can make it into bullets, you know. Yep. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that movie might be tonally different than a lot of the other Marvel movies. I think it might be more serious, and I'm sure it'll have humor in it. But I'm have a feeling it's not going to be as lighthearted as a lot of them. Yeah. It looks a little darker, and I actually I'm okay with that because yeah, it'd no. be interesting to see them go. Now that we've had you know these movies lead up to the Avengers, and the Avengers being more or less a rather light movie, even though you know the 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 threat was big, it was still light in tone. Mm-hmm. And it would now be interesting to see them maybe this next tier go slightly darker, whether you, yep. you know. And but yet- is it too early for this? You know, because you know, granted, we've we've now been immersed in the comic book Marvel universe, you know, for fifty some years. But is it too early for the movie Marvel universe to go dark already? You know, I even if it's just so. for a short time. I don't think so. I think they did pretty good with the Wolverine. Mm. And uh, I haven't seen that one yet. And 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 the and I'm saying the darkness isn't going to be like Dark Knight darkness. It's not going to be like, this is a serious in tone, take it seriously movie. I just think it's, yeah, there'll be le- there'll, there'll be moments of levity, but I think it's going to be, and, and when I say serious action movie, maybe more in the tone of James Bond, you know, pre when Roger Moore started getting kind of campy, 
you know mm-hmm. when when the James Bond movies had an occasional visual gag for humor, but for the most part, they were serious chase scenes. They were a little over the top, but they were a serious, like, keep you on the edge of your seat. And that's right. what I think we're going to get with this. I think we're going to also get, like, political intrigue, you oh, know, definitely. betrayals and and all that. But it'll be, it, it has a real feel of those 70s gritty police spy action dramas you know you know with a with a grain of realism in them but a lot of chasing you know and and fighting i'm really pumped for it yeah me too most definitely i get more and more pumped for the marvel movies all along because it's that thing where it's like all right they're not jumping the shark they're 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 building and they I'm getting to the point of where I can have confidence that they know what they're doing and that they're not going to totally screw it up. They might have some that aren't as successful or as good as other ones, but they've got their formula and their formula is good. See, I'm getting, I'm getting everything from the Marvel movies that I need. I'm getting what I'm not getting from the DC movies and that, you know, Mm -hmm. Strangely, that actually makes me really happy that, you know, at, at least that I'm at least getting, getting that it. fix that I need somewhere mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm not just completely left out, you know, in the cold nope. that, you know, DC can be doing their thing that, you know, hey, it's if it works for them, fine. But I just don't dig it yet. The Marvel ones are I mean, man, I feel like each one of these movies that's come out, I feel like it's been made specifically with me in mind because it, it just it pushes those buttons that I want. You know, you got this big over-the-top action it embraces the comic book you know goofiness and and plays with it and loves it and uses it to great effect and i I couldn't be happier with these movies i I really really have enjoyed them especially this one i this is one of my favorites of the uh of the bunch so far because it just works came out and you were going to see it and i was like oh let's see what he thinks and you were i just could not believe how rocked you were Mm-hmm. About about seeing it. Yeah, I really, I really dug it. I, I think what helped is I went in with very low expectations. I mean, I really went in thinking, there's no way, there's no way that they can make that work on the big screen. It's just, you know, looking at the comics, I just couldn't see how that was going to translate mm-hmm. in any way that would do service to that character and his comic book origins. And, you know, I, I had to eat my words because they really did. I mean, it, it's really pulled off very, very well. Like I say, you know, in the entire commentary there, one criticism. And it's a mild one. I mean, it's it's more of a of a wink and a nod more than, any, you know, a serious criticism. It's just I, I do find that one scene, it, it pushes too far in the cheese factor for me. It, it does get into that realm of, okay, that's really cheesy. That's really bad. Mm-hmm. But other than that one part, I mean, I love it. I love the cheese because that's what I kind of want out of these. Keep bringing the cheese, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that there's somebody who's bringing the cheese and understands the cheese. Because mm-hmm. when you understand the cheese, then the cheese works. Exactly. And these movies work, and they're pro- provably because uh, they're making money, and more of them keep ki- getting pumped out. And yep. I couldn't, I just couldn't be happier. It's like almost to a point of disbelief Mm -hmm. that they pulled it off this far and it's almost like well 
you know, you're almost, it was about a year ago that I was expecting them to kind of start sucking, you know, now that, because usually with franchisey things, once they get to a comfortable place, then they just start, they get too comfortable and just start squeezing stuff out to make as much money as they can. And I don't think that's, I think Marvel is showing that they value their properties Mm-hmm. so much that they're going to take the time and effort to make sure that if if one of these movies does fail that they're probably instead of getting just like oh what a piece of crap movie they're going to get nice try you know right. yeah, nice try didn't quite didn't quite get it on that one and if they don't quite get it they're going to note what they didn't get and they're going to correct it for the next mm-hmm. <laughs> for the next one I've noticed Absolutely. that in these movies is there's a lot of refinement where they're like, all right, let's get rid of that that didn't work and let's put more of this that did work. Thor 2 is a perfect example. It's like, ah, you know, people seem to like as being in Asgard better. Let's put a lot more of this in Asgard, you know. Let's mm-hmm. uh let's let's put a good chunk of this in Asgard and expand that world and show you some more of it. So, yeah, I'm very I don't want I I never want to get too enthusiastic because or optimistic because that's that's just setting yourself up but man yeah good job Marvel Absolutely I I think that uh I think that DC really needs to pay more attention to these movies if they had movies that were more tonally like this I I can't see them being as divisive as they are right now. You can't say that they're not successful. Those movies have made money, but they have been incredibly divisive. I, I think I said And I it, don't think they would be if uh, if they were more like this. I think I said it in Comics Monthly Monday. I think they they gave that a chance. I think Green Lantern was their giving the Iron Man formula a try and for whatever reason it it didn't work. I, I thought it was a decent movie. It was an enjoyable movie as a comic book movie. But I think that its non-success sort of put them on the... I think they've I think they've come to the decision that apparently David Goyer is the only guy who can write comic book movies for them. And that if they do, you know, they make money on all these movies and if they keep putting them up, a lot of times it's better to do stuff that people are a lot of people are going to hate because that controversy gets a lot of free publicity and gets a lot of asses in the seats too to see what's you know the hoopla is about or to to refute it or to go hate it you know and i think they've they've gotten to that point and it grosses me out because it's not an artistic <laughs> thing. It's a purely like, hey, we can make money on these. Hey, right. make a That's movie. A shame. We sell enough product placement in it. We've we've already broken even before the movie even starts in a theater. So, you know, what are you going to do? We, we'd like to make tons of millions of billions of dollars on it, but they probably do anyway. So, yeah, they don't have a lot of reason. The, the pe- people complaining don't seem to have that much of an effect on them on how they do it whereas like it with the marvel and even to a lesser extent george lucas you know george lucas listened to george lucas jettisoned a lot of stuff that he did in episode one in each of the movies to where they became a little more 
you know, um, are a little less full of things that drove people berserk, you know, as right. time went on. Well, I think the difference here is I think that the, the people behind the DC movies, and I think this is evidenced in DC comics these days too, you know, the actual publications, is that they seem to be very focused on short-term profits. So right. let's make as much money as we can right now, and which makes me think they don't have a lot of faith in the long-term viability of their product well, that they're expecting that the bottom's going to fall out sometime in the near future just by the way that they're running their model. Let's make as much money as we can right now because we might not be here not, tomorrow. Right, and I think... Whereas Marvel, well, uh, actually it's more Disney at, at this point, I think they realize that when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars, for one thing, they've paid a hell of a lot of money for these properties, so they need to turn a profit. But also, I think they realize that they have a brand to protect here, mm -hmm. that they don't want to put out something that's going to be incredibly divisive, that people are going to just so that they can go on the Internet and flame it, you know, even though it's making money they realize that no we need to go to put out a good quality product right. because we have a brand to protect and it's a shame that dc doesn't see it you know their product the same way well, you know comics and to be protected comics is a physical medium and even as a medium are just like getting phased out kids have too many other different things to spread mm -hmm. out their attention to so marvel is obvious marvel slash disney is obviously going hey Let's build, you know, let's, they're, they're packing up comic book stakes and taking them into movie land. Mm -hmm. And once you get well established in the movie land, they're starting to do television land too. They're just being like, okay, if, if, if people aren't going to consume this world through comic books, let's take it to the next level. And that's mm -hmm. progressive thinking. That's like future, you know, looking for your, looking towards your future and going, well, maybe the print media is not going to be the way of the future. And if we want to keep all these characters and stories that we, you know, is it about them being in a comic book or is it about these characters being alive and being in stories? And Marvel has obviously picked, you know, keeping the characters alive. And maybe if they build that great infrastructure with the comics, maybe that will help or with the movies that will help the comics out by renewing interest in where this came from because that's I mean that's what kids do they get interested in movies and music and their interest a certain amount of them are like how did this start where you know why did why is this here and um, DC I don't even think they're choosing the wrong path they seem to be just in free fall you know, mm -hmm. just grasping at whatever comes close that they can grab onto and and doing it and having limited, you know, having, I mean, the, the three Batman movies and Superman puts are keeping them going, are probably what's keeping the most money going into, are probably the most biggest sources of money that DC has gotten in a long time, but... Well, it's like I've said before, you know, it, it's fine to have to make changes when you're taking something from one medium to another. I understand making changes. Thor in this movie does not strictly resemble comic book Thor. His outfit's different. His look is a little different. The origin story's, you know, very mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that are different, but 
what this movie gets right is that I don't think anybody can argue that at the end of the day, this is the distilled core essence of that comic yes. book character. It just plain feels like yes. a Thor comic book on the screen. If DC could learn to do that with their characters rather than take this character and go, this character is ridiculous. Nobody's going to want to watch a movie about this guy. Let's do this with him instead, which fundamentally changes everything about that character to where it's really not that character anymore. That's where they're losing people. That's where they've lost me. And I mean, I would love to see, say, Superman, for example. Can you imagine a Superman movie done the way this movie we've just talked about yeah. was done? Fun, exciting, Fun. bright, you know, big action, great you're, you're special following effects. along with the characters. You're not just going like, I know who these characters are and I want them all to come out good because they're my beloved characters from the past. They make them flesh and... They don't have to be Oscar-worthy characters. They just have to be flesh and blood enough to where you feel like fun. you're there with them. Yeah, and... It just, it doesn't, yeah, it happens in the Marvel movies, you know, it, it could mm -hmm. be, it could be, it's a whole, whole, you know, recipe of, of things, but casting has a lot to do with it and, mm -hmm. and just having a general Story. philosophy behind it. Yeah. And Story having the people that, that commit to it. Although I'll say in. In the Batman movies, you know, I mean, Christian Bale could have been a passable Batman with a good script and a good director to go, you know, don't talk in that voice. And the the guy who played Cavill, who played Superman in that Superman movie, was totally in the, you know, new Trek thing where he was he could be good. He 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 was he was a good he's a good actor and he he committed to the role you know he he was he was playing he was ready to do superman he looked the part without it being just like he just looks like superman he had like some body language and facial expressions and he seemed like a nice guy he wasn't a pouty as pouty as the last movie but he didn't have the story and the script and the the things to do that would make him actually superman so it's it's this whole cocktail that Marvel is just getting right, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I hope they continue to. So far, I, I can't believe their string of success. It, it's it's really it's been an awesome ride. Oh and, yeah. And I and I could I could stomach two or three disappointments still and still mm -hmm. be in awe of what they've accomplished. And I have a feeling there's bound to be at least a big disappointment in there somewhere something that either it may not be financially or something but something one of us is what there's got to be one eventually that we'll see and be like i didn't like that one you know right it's just got to happen sometime but what's uh, what's nice about that now though is that in the early days in the pre-avengers time i dreaded that happening because i kept thinking all it's going to take is one bomb and this ride's done. Just one and it's all over because they'll lose confidence. They'll lose steam and momentum. But now that we've had the Avengers and two incredibly successful movies post the Avengers and, and what looks like two more on the immediate horizon, 
I think we could stomach a, a bomb of the magnitude of uh, John Carter or the Lone Ranger and still weather it and still be just fine and still keep our, our momentum and, and go forward with more Avengers-related movies. I really do. That's incredible when you can do that because, you know, let's face it, this isn't an industry that typically does that. You can have something like Pirates of the Caribbean. You have one bomb, mm -hmm. that ride could be done. With mm -hmm. Avengers, I don't think so. I think because they've diversified into all these other characters, you know, if Thor 3 comes out and it stinks on ice and bombs at the box office, that shouldn't necessarily affect... You know the next Avengers no. and the next Cap movie, it the might next affect Iron how Man much movie. Screen time Thor gets, but yeah, exactly, exactly. It, you know, it might hurt him in his, you know, in the in the team pictures or in his follow up sequels, but it's not going to destroy the franchise or the universe, which is that's awesome. That's really cool, and I don't know that we've ever really seen anything like this in movies before, and I think it's incredibly exciting. Because this really is, when you look at it that way, that's that's comics, you know, as movies. Because that's how the, how the comic industry has worked for a long time too, you know. That when when Cap's book isn't necessarily selling or all that exciting, or whatever, maybe he gets a little less face time, you know, in in the Avengers book, or he doesn't guest star in Marvel team up as often, or whatever. Because he's not, you know, the big guy. When you know what's hot's hot. You know, when when Spider-Man's the hot thing, he guest stars in every book, or Wolverine, or Ghost Rider, or whoever. That's how comics has operated for a hell of a long time. It's neat to see that being translated to the movie medium and and becoming its its own thing. Uh, I think that's cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> How long have we been waiting for that to happen? <laughs> All our lives, man. Exactly. So, All our lives. Yeah, I'm going to wallow in it. This is the sound of me wallowing in it. You want to take us out? You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today.
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for... Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, two True, True Freaks. Freaks. finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.